TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. All right, Chiefs Radio Network on the call as the Chiefs dispose of the Buffalo Bills, 42-36. to So after watching those two teams play yesterday, not so much the teams on Saturday because the Bengals and the Titans, not a very impressive game from either team. I love the toughness of Burrow and all that, and obviously Jamar Chase is a stud, but that game was more about Ryan Tannehill sucking than anything else. That guy is horrible, and Joe Burrow got sacked nine times in that game. That defensive line of Tennessee was really good. All Ryan Tannehill had to do was put a couple of drives together and Tennessee wins that game, but that guy sucked. He was absolutely atrocious in that game. But if you watch the two quarterbacks playing last night, we've seen Mahomes do this for a couple of years now. Allen's now been doing this for two years. And if you look at both those teams, they are absolutely loaded. So when you watch that game yesterday, does it make you worried about the future of the Patriots? 617-779-7937 is a number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. 617 617- 779-7937. So I want to start with this. I want to first start with the good news as it pertains to the Patriots after watching that game last night. The one thing we know definitively is Sean McDermott is still the coach of the Buffalo Bills. Unless something changes, Sean McDermott is still going to be the coach of the Buffalo Bills, which is good news for the Patriots because that guy, look, he's obviously built up a really good thing there in Buffalo in terms of the culture. There's a confidence there. They're a really good football team. Nobody's denying that whatsoever. But in-game, the dude's not impressive. I mean, you look at this yesterday. So, first of all, I want to start with something else that kind of went under the radar from that game, which made, quite frankly, no sense to me whatsoever. In the third quarter, it's 17-14. to And you have a fourth and one at your own 34. And I know you say, oh, Brian, why would you go for it there? Well, they went for it on fourth and two from the 50 earlier in the game on the first drive. They had already converted two fourth downs in the game. One was the fourth and two, and one was the fourth and goal. You have Josh Allen on fourth and one. He is going to run for the first down. How many times did we see that during the game? Josh Allen can just pick up the first down. So I don't know why they weren't going for it there. And that's when I looked at this game, and I'm trying to figure out what is McDermott as a coach? 
You came out with this plan to be aggressive. You wanted to be aggressive with your quarterback running the football. You wanted to be aggressive on fourth down on your opening drive. Then all of a sudden, in the third quarter, you're going to get conservative against that team on the other side, and you know what they can do from an offensive perspective. That, to me, was the first decision that I saw in that game, and I was like, what the hell is he doing? And then what happens? Oh, yeah, Pat Mahomes goes down the field, and they end up taking a 23-14 to lead. Now, yes, you do come back, but that was another opportunity for the Bills to score, and they just decided, yeah, let's punt, even though we went for it on fourth and two on the opening drive, and then we went for it on fourth and one from, or I should say fourth and goal from the one on that same drive to open up the game. So that, to me, stuck out is he didn't really, from my perspective, it felt like he was coaching in two different ways. At the beginning of the game, he wanted to be ultra-aggressive. He wanted to establish that they were going to do that for the majority of the game. They were going to go for it on fourth down. Then all of a sudden, on an easier fourth down, fourth and one rather than fourth and two, he decides not to go for it. So I didn't care for that whatsoever. And then you look at some of the other crap that happened in this game, the Big thing, so to speak. After you take that late lead, 13 seconds left, and you decide to just kick it through the end zone if you're Sean McDermott and the Bills. I have no idea. This makes zero sense to me whatsoever. So first of all, one of the counter arguments that people are throwing out there, well, hey, you don't want Tyreek Hill to take it back 100 yards. Well, Tyreek Hill wasn't on the field, so he wasn't even out there. So I don't understand the argument against that because I heard a lot of that over the past day and change if you will but yeah well they were scared of what Tyree Kill could do in the return he wasn't on the damn field so I, Byron Pringle was back there so okay then so first of all you know they have three timeouts you don't squib kick it so they get the ball with 13 seconds I mean you squib kick it you're taking off like at least five seconds off the clock but instead you decide not to do that so then they had a 19 yard pickup for Tyree Kill and then they had a 25 yard pickup for Travis Kelsey Now, if you go back and you look at this, the safeties on the Tyreek Hill play, one of them is 32 yards away from the line of scrimmage. The other one is 26 yards away from the line of scrimmage. The linebackers are 15 yards away from the line of scrimmage. You're just giving that up. Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you just giving that up? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, this whole idea of the prevent defense. See, I don't understand why you don't just play a cover two there. Anything else than what you were doing. I mean, you were literally inviting Pat Mahomes to make one play because you gave up the Tyree kill play and you're inviting them to make the Kelsey play. You gave them that opportunity by not playing a traditional defense on the first play of the drive. Now, here's the other thing I'll say as it pertains to that. It's not like you have to be super aggressive. You don't have to be Todd Bowles and bring pressure and have a safety on Cooper Cup. Just play a cover two shell. That's what you need to do there. And then when Tyreek Hill catches that ball, you're up and you can tackle him instead of your linebackers being 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. It made no sense to me whatsoever. And this is something now that we're seeing with the Buffalo Bills with Sean McDermott that he's not a good in-game coach. This is the good news from the Patriots' perspective that as loaded as his team is, and the Patriots clearly not nearly as talented right now as the Buffalo Bills, but they do have a coach in Sean McDermott that, let's be real, he can't run his nose. I mean, you go back to the first Patriots game, right? He doesn't take the wind to open up the second half, right? Remember, he doesn't. He decides to take the ball instead of saying, hey, we want the wind to be at our back in the fourth quarter. And remember, when Josh Allen is trying to mount that comeback, even him with the biggest arm in the league, he can't throw into that wind. He tried his darnest, but he couldn't throw into the wind. It was very difficult. Nobody could throw into that particular situation in terms of throwing into the wind. That's a game Mac threw the ball freaking three times 
Oh, yeah, and then he tried a 33-yard field goal into the wind. So he just, like, he went into the game, and he didn't acknowledge that Mother Nature was going to be a factor in the game. So that's when you kind of got on to him, like, hey, yeah, this guy's probably not the best coach in the world. And then when you saw what he did yesterday, he blew his quarterback an opportunity to win. I mean, the last time I can remember a quarterback playing that well in a loss in a big game is Brady against the Eagles. That's the last time I can remember a quarterback playing that well in a loss in a meaningful game. I'm not talking about, like, a regular season game in Week 7 or Week 8. I'm talking about all the stakes on the line. Josh Allen goes into Arrowhead, throws for 329, four touchdowns. Oh, by the way, he's the leading rusher for them. 11 carries for 68 yards, 6.2 yards a pop, and he loses the game. He didn't deserve that whatsoever. And remember this, that was supposedly, or not supposedly, that was statistically the number one defense in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills had the number one defense. You can't get one stop. You can't stop them with 13 seconds. Now, look, your coaching staff screwed you on that to begin with, but you couldn't come up with one stop in the fourth quarter. Embarrassing. Now, here's the other thing about the Bills that – should make you feel at least slightly positive. We'll get into the thing that is really going to affect the Patriots long-term and the thing that I'm most concerned about with this team. But Joe Shane is gone. He left to take the GM job with the Giants. So he's gone. That's part of that brain drain, along with, of course, Brandon Bean, who is the general manager. Think about this. They joined together. They went to Buffalo together. Brandon Bean, of course, the GM, and then... Shane worked right under him as his right-hand man, so to speak. Okay. Well, since Shane and Bean got to Buffalo, look at the guys they've drafted. Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Josh Allen, of course, most famously, Tremaine Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, Gabriel Davis, who was, oh, my God. Nobody could cover that guy last night, especially Mike Hughes. I mean, geez, that was embarrassing. Tyler Bass and Gregory Rousseau this past draft, who had a nice season as a rookie. So you talk about this has been one of the best front offices in the entire NFL over the past couple of years. And now the guy that is second in command to Brandon Bean, he's out the door. As we mentioned with Brian Dayball, likely out the door as well. So you're talking about your offensive play caller who has been one of the best, if not the best in the NFL over the past two years and was pivotal in the development of Josh Allen. Now, I'm not telling you that that means that Josh Allen's not going to continue to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL because he's already gotten to this level. But when you have that type of offensive coordinator, it's definitely going to be a dip-off from what it was with Brian Dayball to being without Brian Dayball. So this is what happens when you put together really good football teams. You start to lose guys. We see it in every sport, right? So Dayball, likely gone. Joe Shane, already gone. Josh Allen's contract kicks in. In two years, so you're not going to be able to have this loaded roster that you've had for the past couple of years. So just when you look at it in that context, in terms of what the good news for the Patriots is, Sean McDermott is still the head coach, and they are losing some guys in terms of Joe Shane in the front office and Brian Dable. Okay, so that's the one thing I took away from that game yesterday if I was trying to be positive from a Patriots perspective. Well, they're losing some guys in terms of the coaching staff and the front office, and Sean McDermott sucks in-game. Now, here's the negative thing. I don't know how you stop Josh Allen. I really don't because we've seen it now twice in a row against the Patriots where Bill Belichick has had nothing for Josh Allen whatsoever. Now, I would argue that he should do a little bit more in terms of bringing more pressure against Josh Allen. you got to try to catch him off guard in some aspect. But after what we saw against the Patriots, he goes into Arrowhead and he's even better than he was against the Patriots, which I didn't even think that that was possible. 
So the way that Josh Allen continues to trend, I mean, that is freaking scary for this division for the next decade or so because you look at it from a talent perspective, he is right there with Mahomes, and you could argue he's more talented. The arm strength is ridiculous. The way they dug into him late in the season running the football, and I feel like that was a conscious effort by Brian Dayball, is, all right, let's not have him run the ball all over the field at the beginning of the season because we don't want to risk injury. But, hey, once it's nut-cutting time, once we're going for trying to make a Super Bowl run, I'm letting him loose. And when he's running the ball like that, I don't know how you stop this Buffalo Bills offense. That's the scary thing. Now, one other thing I would mention real quickly here. If I was the Pagula family, the owners of the Buffalo Bills, my number one thing right now would be I would be trying to do this under the radar. Like, you don't want to reveal anything. But Sean Payton hasn't given the Saints any indication that he's definitely coming back. In fact, you had the owner, Gail Benson, say today, quote, I don't think any of us know, but he'll let us know soon enough. Now, he is under contract in through t- until 2024. But when you lose a guy like Brian Dayball, and you've seen Sean McDermott coach in big games. Monday Night Football against the Patriots, he sucked under pressure. This game against the Kansas City Chiefs, he blew the game for his quarterback by a dumbass decision not to squib kick it, and he blew it by that crappy defense he was playing at the end of the game where his safety is 32 yards away from the line of scrimmage. Just a complete disgrace, a complete debacle from the Buffalo Bills as an in-game coaching, I won't even say adjustment, coaching decision that he made in that particular game. If I'm, I'm the Pagulas, I'm saying, uh, yeah, hey, yeah, Sean, uh, do you want to keep coaching, Sean Payton? Uh, we got this guy, Josh Allen. Uh, we, we think you guys can uh, go on a nice little run here. Sean Payton, outside of Belichick, there's not another coach I would take in the NFL. Like, over the past 10 to 15 years, he's been the second best guy. I know you could argue Pete Carroll. You can argue Mike Tomlin. I would take Sean Payton over any of those guys. If I'm Buffalo, I'd be calling because I would be worried going forward about Sean McDermott in a big game. And think about this if you're the Buffalo Bills. Where do you go from here? Your team is still loaded, but you did everything to beat the Chiefs, and you came up short because your coach wasn't good enough. Not because your quarterback wasn't good enough. Not because your offense wasn't good enough. Because your coach wasn't good enough. That's why you lost that game, because Sean McDermott was not good enough on Sunday. All right, 617-779. 7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So after watching that game yesterday, are you worried about... Mac Jones and the future of this Patriots team, considering Mahomes and in particular, Josh Allen's going to be in your division, but both those guys are going to be in the conference for the foreseeable future. I want to get into a lot of stuff tonight because that was a crazy weekend of NFL football, but I want to get to this next. Tom Brady appears to be closer to retirement. He spoke. We'll get to it next here on EI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We're right back to what you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. You mentioned the coin flip. Obviously, the rules are what they are. Um, how do you feel about not getting the opportunity to touch the ball in overtime. Yeah, it's, the rules are what they are, and I can't complain about that because if it was the other way around, um, you know, we'd be we'd be celebrating too. So um, it is what it is at this point, um, and we just we didn't make enough plays in it. I thought that was well said by Josh Allen after the game, the way that he answered the overtime question. Because remember a couple of years ago, when the shoe was on the other foot for the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey was bitching about how the rules should be changed. So I liked the way that Josh Allen actually answered that question. And just real quick on the overtime situation, first of all, I don't feel bad for the Bills that they lost the coin flip and Josh Allen didn't get a chance to get the ball. Because you need to blame yourself for that if you're the Buffalo Bills. You had the lead with 13 seconds left. If your coach wasn't a freaking idiot and he squib-kicked at the end of the game, you win. If you didn't have your safety 32 yards away from the line of scrimmage and your other safety 26 yards away from the line of scrimmage, then Tyree Kill's not picking up that 19 yards. So that's on the Bills coaching staff that they lost that game last night. So it's not about the overtime rules. It's not about the coin toss. It's about Sean McDermott and his inability to make the right decisions in-game. And that was embarrassing. That was horrible, horrific coaching. The storyline after the game was Allen and Mahomes and how this may have been the greatest postgame season we've ever seen. But really, the story should be the Bills coach sucks. He was absolutely atrocious in that game, and he ruined his quarterback's chance to get to an AFC championship game. Think about that. How did Sean McDermott sleep last night? Your quarterback essentially played the perfect game, and you lost it for him. Absolutely embarrassing. Embarrassing. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So watching that game yesterday, are you now concerned about the future of the Patriots having to go up against these two teams for the next five to ten years, so to speak? Now, the other thing, I just just to give my quick take on the overtime stuff, I can't see it changing in terms of, I know a lot of people say, okay, let's just play a full quarter. Well, if you're the NFL, how could you commit to that? You're a league that is promoting player safety, right? You settled a lawsuit for $765 million with retired players. So now you're going to play a whole other quarter? I mean, that's look at how those guys were on the field. The Buffalo Bills defense was gassed. The Chiefs defense was gassed. That's how you get injured. You can't ask those guys to be a longer than that. I have no sympathy for the Bills whatsoever. End it in regulation like you should have. Bottom line. Same thing with the Chiefs, like going back to the 18 AFC title game. If you force them to a field goal, okay, well, then you get the ball back. So defense has to account for something, right? We can't just ignore that defense is part of the game. It is part of the game. Get one stop. One stop. The Buffalo Bills couldn't do it. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off with Wayne in South Boston tonight. Wayne, oh, what's up? 
Barrett, what's up? I mean, I've been miserable for the last two weeks, but I said to myself, please, God, if I get to see Josh Allen lose and Tom Brady lose, I am going to be happy for the rest of this year until my Patriots come back, of course. And I'm going to be enjoying myself because there was no better joy than watching them arrogant, you know, I can't say the word, but those arrogant people, and they said, what was it? Yeah, when 13 minutes were left, the camera panned, and they had like seven um, Buffalo Bill guys, and they were all waving goodbye to the fans, to the chief fans. And then to turn around while they are waving their hands by, the guy's going by them, going into the end zone, and they go, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, Wayne, in defense to them, they... I'm enjoying it, Brian. I'm not going to sit here and cry one tear for them, people. I could care less. I'm glad they lost. I'm glad that Josh has to go home and rethink everything. And I'm glad that Brady is competent to play, because he said, let's see if he lies, he said at 45, he would quit. Guess what? He turns 45 August 3rd. Same birthday as Whitey Bulger. Him and uh, him and Whitey got the oh, same birthday. Oh, he's the same birthday as Whitey Bulger. Right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Whitey Bulger is born on August third. Same as Brady, August third. No, I never knew that. So, but so wait, Brady, I, Brady go, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go back to your point about the Bills. Like those guys waving goodbye, they should have been right. Their coach is a clown. I know. If their I coach know, makes the right decision, they win the game. McDermott is. I've been saying it all the time. You know what I mean? He thinks he's the greatest, but he's not. He makes bad calls. You know what I mean? Like you said, all he has to do is squib kick the ball, and it runs out the clock, and then the story, you go home. But no, yeah. you want to be arrogant and kick the ball to the team and say, we're going to stop him. Well, guess what? You didn't stop him. And again, I don't, Mahomes went but hold on, wait. Yeah, Wayne, I don't think it was arrogance. I think it was stupidity. Because yeah, did you see the did, did you see the defense? Did you see the defense they were playing against Mahomes at the end of the game? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're basically I you, you, yeah, I said this. you're basically conceding a twenty yard completion to Tyree Kill. I, I don't understand the logic behind that. It makes zero sense to me. Because if you concede yeah. that, then you're saying all Pat Mahomes is, has to do is make one more completion and they're in field goal range. I mean, it was idiotic the game yeah. plan they had at the end. But when they threw that pass to to him, right, and he had six guys around him. Six, it goes to show you this guy is the fastest guy probably in the world, and he went like zip right by all of them. You know what I mean? They couldn't even. Touch him. Yeah. No, you were right about that, he Wayne. that pass, he was gone, brother. Yeah, and you're they, right. And they knew it. Once they seen that, they were like, it's over. It's over. Unreal. Hey, Wayne, appreciate the call as always, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. The Tyreek Hill thing, he is so unique. I mean, the guy's yep. an absolute scumbag. But yep. <laughs> I can't remember a guy doing what Tyreek Hill does. He backpedals every time and then he still has that unbelievable quick twitch where he runs past everybody he's running past nfl players like that it's incredible i can't remember a player like the last guy to do this played a different position it was barry sanders used to do this all the time where he would run backwards and he would pick up yardage but i can't remember anybody else like at the receiver position to do that you're obviously taught never to do that and he gets away with it but one thing i will say like i felt bad for josh allen because he did everything he possibly could to win that game. And let's be real about this. And Curtis is way in front of everybody on this. The Chiefs are a very unlikable team. Yeah, the whole situation with Andy Reid's kid who hit a young girl last year. You have Tyreek Hill who's a complete scumbag. Look at this whole team. Frank Clark has had issues off the field. All this team. A bunch of guys on this team have had issues off the field. 
And if it were the Patriots, it would be a bigger story. There's no doubt about that. I completely agree with Curtis on that. It's a very unlikable team. Yet for some reason, these issues that these guys have off the field with the Chiefs, it doesn't come up. It only comes up with the Patriots. It's amazing to me. Let's get to David. He is in Florida. David, what's up, man? Good evening. You know, I got to, first of all, I, I, I disagree with you about, uh, about uh, McDermott at the end of the game. I mean, no, no, but Mutt actually mentioned this very briefly at the end of his show. There may be a, a legitimate reason why he did not squib kick it at the end. Why? Because, because the other team, the, um, the, the Chiefs would have just fair catched it wherever the ball landed. And you, if you fair catch it, no time comes off the clock. That's one of those unique rules in the NFL. You can just fair catch the ball and no time comes off the clock because you're not moving. Yeah, but on so a squib kick, David, it's going to hit the ground. Okay, but the clock doesn't begin to anybody to somebody touches it, right? No, it starts when it hits the ground. I don't. Mm, I'm not sure about that. If that's the case, then, then there is no justifying that. But uh, as far as him playing off the receivers at the end of the game, I mean, a, a field goal only only tied the game. He didn't want to get beat deep because in a touchdown they they would have lost it in regulation. So. In a, in a way, no, I think, hold on, David. Have... I think you are right about that as it pertains to the squib kick. Yeah. But the question, so, the question then becomes, though, what's the difference? Because if you squib kick it and and they down the ball the thirty yard line, forty yard line, then they're going to have possession. They're going to have even better possession than they did coming out of the end zone. No, probably not because so, it's I mean, more I... difficult to catch that. Well, you, you just handle it and you sit down. Uh, I mean, you just handle it and, and you take a knee. And and it's the same thing. I mean, that could be wrong if the, if the rule is, uh, but I think that's the rule. Yeah, I just, so, I, I don't understand why you don't just squib kick it, though. Because then maybe they do bring it out. Well, that would have been, that would have been foolish. Because, like, part, David, but, say if they get it at the 15. Yeah, well... The ball didn't when, when he kicked it. The ball didn't land in the end zone. It landed in the failed to play and rolled into the end zone. Did it? I don't Did know. It, no. I, yeah, it went through the end zone. All right. I don't. But I think that may have been why he didn't squib kick it. But again, I mean, I, that's the only possible explanation because if you squib kick it and they get possession of the ball at the thirty yard line, the forty yard line, then they even have better field position. So yeah. that may have been. The other thing I'd say, David, too, is the bigger thing to me about it, first of all, the whole situation with the kick, but then secondarily is I don't understand the defense they're in. Yeah, well, again, he doesn't want to get beat for a touchdown because then they would have lost the game in regulation. So in a way, you have to you have to yield to the field goal. You just want to keep the offense yeah, in but front of you. David, the safety is 32 yards away from the line of scrimmage. So you're giving well, you're concede I mean, you're conceding one completion to Tyree Kill. You're conceding that. Well, I mean you can't cover everything, right? I mean you got to No, give but you up can something. cover something. Your linebackers are 15 yards away from the line of scrimmage. Well, I mean considering how fast Tyree Kill is, I mean you you, you, you got to do all you can to keep him in front of you, and that's probably what they were thinking. And they uh, didn't. I mean, they didn't keep him in front of them. Well, it doesn't mean the idea was wrong. It just means they didn't execute it well but david think about this when you concede that play right you're yeah. letting them have a quick play there so he completes it to tyree kill for what 
the 19 yard pickup that took like what four seconds off the clock. So yeah. even if he takes a shot down the field, it's going to take longer than that four seconds. Yeah, now it's okay, but the Chiefs also had to execute that last 13 seconds absolutely perfectly. To, um, oh, I agree to with David. I, I agree with I agree with so, you on that. Like the execution by the Chiefs was great, but the Bills basically gave it to them. They conceded it. I, oh, I don't think so. It looks I like mean, they were more I, concerned. I, they were scared about a touchdown and not worried about going into overtime. Yeah, hey, I got two other quick things. First of all, first of all, guys like Allen and Mahomes, as exciting and as talented as they are. They're going to have very short careers because they just get, they run too much and they're going to get whacked in the open field, and they're just not going to have lengthy careers like Brady or 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 stand, uh, pocket quarterbacks. They're just not. I don't, don't think, think they Al- I just think, you think he's going to take too many hits. Yeah, I just think he's just going to he's going to have way too many hits, and he's just not going. I mean, you have to protect him more. And I mean that sweet play they do with him when they just almost use him as a as a running back and the bootlegs. He's just going to get whacked. And yeah, but here's the thing, David. Thing. David, I appreciate the phone call. Here's the thing: he was the one giving out the punishment. He hurt a guy on the Chiefs yesterday, so I don't feel like he's going to have a short career because he runs the ball a lot. And look, it's not as if they had been doing that for the majority of the season, right? It's not like they do that all the time. They started doing it at essentially, I would say they started really doing it the game after the Patriots, where when the Patriots beat them on Monday night, the next week, that's when they started to go to that run situation more against Tampa Bay. If you remember the second half of that game, they fell behind, what was it, 21-3? to They fell behind in that game, and then in the second half, Allen was pulling it out in those RPOs, and he was actually running himself, not giving it to the running back and not throwing it. He was pulling it out, and he was taking off, and he was running. That's when they really started to enhance him as a runner in terms of the rushing attempts this season. So they had been relatively careful with that. And it's not as if Allen doesn't take big hits. He doles out punishment against the opposition. But I don't remember watching a game this season. And look, earlier on in his career, he did. To David's point, he did take hits earlier on in his career. But watching him last night, was there any point in that game where you're like, oh, Josh Allen looks like he's going to get hurt by the way he's taking these hits? If anything, he was running through people. So I feel like he protected himself relatively well last night. I feel, I really did truly feel bad for the guy. I really did. The one thing that has me feeling optimistic about the Bills matchup in the future is just the fact that McDermott is still there. That's the only thing that makes me feel good about the Patriots going up against the Bills because this guy's got to be absolutely incredibly difficult to deal with for the next decade or so. Oh, but I did want to get to this. So big news, of course, after Tom Brady loses to the Rams, which, by the way, This is another situation where I felt like Brady's coaching staff, like I mentioned Josh Allen's coaching staff let him down. I feel like the Buccaneers coaching staff let Tom Brady down in this game. The first thing that I would point to, and this isn't the biggest thing, but the first thing I would point to is Byron Lefwich. So I know that it doesn't look like a big number because Fournette ran for 51 yards on 13 carries, but that first drive of the game, first two plays, Fournette gets it going. He was also effective in the passing game. He had 56 yards. I don't know why they didn't run the ball more. Brady threw the ball well over 50 times in this game. I just felt like you needed to establish some sort of run because of what the Rams' game plan was. I thought the Rams, their game plan was really good because if you look at it, you figure, okay, well, no Tristan Wirfs in this game, 
So you figure what Raheem Morris and company are going to do is they're going to have Vaughn Miller rush against the left tackle, the replacement, or I should say the right tackle, the replacement for Tristan Warps, right, and take advantage of him. They didn't do that. They kept Vaughn Miller on the side with Donovan Smith, so he was just matched up with Donovan Smith the entire game, and they felt like, oh, we're going to win this matchup. So what that means is you're going to have to help on the other side and we're going to have our best edge guy going up against Donovan Smith, and they can't help on Donovan Smith because they got to help on the other side. So I felt like that was a really good strategy by the Rams, and Vaughn Miller had his best game in years. He had nine pressures in the game, the most that he's had since 2018. He had a famous Vaughn Miller strip sack, like remember like we saw in 15 when the Broncos played the Patriots and when he went on that run to win the Super Bowl MVP. So when I just look at it in that context, I just felt like the Rams had a really good game plan defensively. I would have liked to see the Buccaneers run the ball more with Fournette, especially considering all the guys that were missing. And here's the big thing that stuck out to me in terms of the ineffectiveness of the offense, rather, for the Buccaneers is, oh, man, this is via the athletic. Do you know what Tom Brady was against the Blitz yesterday? This is going to be staggering because... How many times have we heard, don't blitz Tom Brady? And it's been true for the majority of his career. He's just going to rip you apart, right? So if you look at Tom Brady in his career, he has been one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz. You know what he was yesterday? Six of 16 for 22 yards. Six of 16 for 22 yards. Unreal. And I, my hunch on why that happened and why Brady was ineffective against the blitz yesterday was because of the fact he didn't have those guys that get open quickly. Now, a lot of times they had to keep Gronk into block, who has always been a safety blanket for him. We know Evans is more of a down-the-field threat. And I felt like without having Tristan Wharfs in this game, you're going to be in trouble from a protection standpoint. And then secondly, not having the two guys that can uncover quickly for you, which are Chris Goblin and Antonio Brown, it kind of all caught up to the Buccaneers. And then the other thing in terms of just the issues I had. So I had an issue with them not using Fournette more in terms of the running game. And then the other thing I had a big issue with, of course, is the end of the game. What is Todd Bowles doing? Why are you bringing a corner out of the slot to blitz when he's covering Cooper Cup so you leave a safety for Cooper Cup who just won the Triple Crown? Like, I get that that's his ethos. Todd Bowles' ethos is he's an aggressive coach. He likes to blitz and all that. But, man, there's a time and a place just go to overtime. The Rams looked broken. They gave up a 27-3 lead. There's no reason for you to have Cooper Cup running down the field against a safety. I mean, it's inexcusable. And I know Winfield Jr. is a good player and all that, but come on, man. you got to be better than that if you're Todd Bowles. And he's up for head coaching jobs again. Of course, you know, he coached the Jets a couple of years ago. I'm not telling you that he doesn't deserve opportunities. They've had a really good defense the past couple of years over Todd Bowles. But that one to me, ugh, ugly. Let's get to Mark. He's in Brookline. What's up, Mark? Hey, Barrett. How's it going? Doing well. So yeah, yeah. Quickly on on uh, on the Bucks, but I but I really thought about the Bills. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Bucks blew that game. From my view, it looked like the all-out blitz that that Bulls spun up there just didn't actually happen. Uh, but but I but I agree. You could have had a different coverage on that. So they blew it. I mean Brady had you know Brady had him just where he always wants them, and uh, and the Bucks blew it. I mean that was that was legitimately on either the defense execution or the Bulls you know or the Bulls call for the defense. So I, I guess I'm with you there. Not much to add there. I think we're in agreement, right? But mm-hmm. I think you could 
you might look at an execution issue there too. If it wasn't executed as conceived, it's possible that uh, that was, that the error lies there as well as you know trying to do it. What do you think about that? But let me get to the bills. What do you think about that though? My first point. Wait, say it, it was again. Execution, not so. You think it could have been execution? In other words, you know, there's some notion that uh, there's a guy in the middle. I don't remember the defensive linebacker or something. It was sort of like in no in nowhere's no man's land, right? He didn't actually apply. He didn't get the message or something stupid like yeah. that. Yeah, no, you actually. could be right, Mark. Yeah. You could be right about that. But the only thing I would say yeah. is, at that point, when you have yeah. one of the best receivers in the NFL, I want a corner on him. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. you. Know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So either way you look at it, it was sort of a bad spin up. I mean, a bad spin up with a marginal execution is not uh, is not a success solution. Okay, so we're in agreement on the Bills. Um, so I think make, so. Let me get. Let's get it straight. I really can't stand the Bills, although I, I, you know, have a lot of respect for Josh Allen, of course. And I mean, they're just, I mean, they're just a, you know, they're an absolute carousel um, of a team. So they're amazing. But I would say this: the emphasis on on the um, getting into overtime or not, I think, is a little heavily placed here in the dialogue. Because um, sure, I think they could have done something different. Squib kick, kick, good idea. Uh, maybe a number of things to to uh, avoid that, but I look at it more like okay, you're probably. I mean, keeping Mahomes and and Kansas City from getting a field goal that is actually asking a fair amount. I realize it was 13 seconds, but that's asking a lot. They had three timeouts and everything else. My question lies in this, and I don't actually know the answer. I, mean, I saw the game, but I don't remember all the plays. How do you not stop them from getting that? You know coin flip advantage touchdown in the first drive. I mean, I say not how can you not, but to me, that's where you had to apply your number one or number two defense in the NFL. Yeah. I um, looked at it, Mark back in your hand. Yeah. Mark, I looked at, I appreciate the call. I looked at that as I knew it was happening. Whoever got won the coin test was going to win because did you see the bills defense? They were gassed. They had no energy. And by the way, the squib kick rule is so essentially if the player gets the ball and he goes right down, one second comes off. So you'd still be at 12 seconds instead of 13. The other thing you could do is you could do, remember when Steven Goskowski used to do this, is you can kick it like a little bit short of the end zone. So you kick it like right inside the 10-yard line. Would make you, more, you could say hypothetically you want to fair catch that. You're still going to be deeper back in terms of the field. Same thing with the squib kick. So I just still think from a tactical standpoint, a squib kick or one of those shorter kicks makes way more sense than what they actually did. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. All right, so Tom Brady weighed in on the possibility of retirement. We'll play you his answer next here on EEI. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. Every year I just have to make sure that I'm have the ability to commit to what the team really needs. And that's uh, that's really important to me. The team the team doesn't deserve anything less than my best. And if I feel like I'm not committed to that or I can't play at a championship level, then you gotta give someone else a chance to play. And uh, you know, we'll see, you know, again, there's a long time between now and the start of next football season. And you know, I've gotta really figure those things out, which is probably natural for anyone. And at the same time, I would say this, we never know what's gonna happen in the future. We really don't. All right, that was Tom Brady on his Let's Go podcast. Of course, a lot has been made over the past, I'd say, four to five days about the possibility of Tom Brady deciding to hang him up after this season. What I heard in the podcast, and we were listening to most of it before the show tonight, 
It sounds like just somebody that hasn't had that full discussion with his wife yet. Obviously, Giselle has wanted to, him to retire for years. But what I heard from Brady there, if I can play at a championship level, I'd like to keep playing. He didn't exactly say I'd like to keep playing, but he said, I want to play until I can't play at a championship level anymore, essentially. And when I look at Tom Brady right now, he still looks like a guy that can play at a championship level, considering the fact that if you look at his season, he threw for the most yards. He had the most touchdown passes. He's in the MVP conversation. So when I look at it, I just feel like if he doesn't play next year, it's going to be because of a family thing. It's going to be because Giselle doesn't want him to play anymore. And I feel like Brady, listening to that podcast, sounds like he wants to play. Now, this is what Jeff Darlington had over the weekend. Sources with the Bucks and close to Brady all recognize the star quarterback remains noncommittal to playing beyond the season. Brady plans to take time after the season, a month or longer, to assess how he feels physically and mentally while also gauging his family's desire. So this is what came up over the weekend as well. It's about his family. It's not about Tom wants to hang it up because Tom doesn't want to play anymore. It's about how can Tom sell this to Giselle again? That's how I feel. He's trying to sell it to Giselle again. He goes on to say, does Jeff Darlington in his article, the Bucks would be willing to bend over backwards to entice Brady to continue playing if that's what he ultimately decides to do. Okay, first of all, have they not done that already? Hey, yeah, I want Gronk. Okay, we'll trade for Gronk. Um, hey, I want Antonio Brown. Okay, yeah, we'll get Antonio Brown. Hey, um, yeah, I'd like Leonard Fournette. Okay, yeah. Um, I'd like Richard Sherman to join the team. Okay, yeah, we'll get you Richard Sherman. So I can't remember a time where they didn't bend over backwards for Tom already. I mean, Bruce Arians has looked like an idiot on multiple occasions because he said stuff that wasn't true. Remember he said Antonio Brown's not a fit. He doesn't fit, and yet he was on the team because Tom Brady wanted him. So I don't know what would change, and I don't think this is a leverage play from Brady to get more power with the organization. He's already running the team to begin with. So I feel this is basically just him trying to figure out a way that it's okay for him from a family standpoint to continue to play. Because I'm sure on the other side of things with Giselle, it's going to be like, well, hold on. You got the ring. You already got the ring. You proved that you could win without Bill. What else is there left for you? I know you said 45, but you got to 44. Maybe it's time to come home and chill with the family a little bit. But this is my biggest thing with Brady. I just can't imagine how he's going to be able to live with himself. And I know he mentions all this stuff about the family and how it's great to spend time with his family. In the podcast, uh, the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray, his daughter's on it. He's talking about having waffles with her this morning. But just think about this. We saw Tom Brady. He's easily still one of the top three to four quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, after seeing Allen and Mahomes, you may have to put those guys one and two. But, I mean, you think about it. The top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now, in no particular order, Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Aaron Rodgers, those are probably be the four best guys. I, I'm trying to think if I'm leaving anybody out on that list. Justin, who would you have anybody else like if, top four guys right now? Allen, Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers. I mean, Deshaun Watson's not really playing, so probably those four guys. Yeah, I wouldn't go anyone else. I mean, people might argue like Lamar, but I don't. I don't see that. So e- either way, he's without question a top five quarterback in the league right now. He led the league in touchdown passes. So think about this from Tom Brady's perspective: sitting back on a Sunday afternoon next year and watching the NFL. Knowing you're better than maybe everybody but two of the quarterbacks in the league. I just don't believe he's going to be able to stomach that. I just can't see it happening. I can't see him being able to live with that. Knowing he can still play. He famously said years ago he's going to play until he sucks. 
Then he said, I'm going to play until I can play at a championship level, or I can't play at a championship level anymore. Well, he can do both those things. He doesn't suck, and he can still play at a championship level. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Spencer in Beverly, or he's going to Beverly. He's leaving the garden. Oh, Spencer, Tuca, how was he tonight, man? How was your guy? I am in pain. I am in pain. Let me tell you, I was sitting there in Club 137 with my friend, and this is one of the worst performances I've ever seen in Bruins history. You look at the last two games, <laughs> he's let in over 10 goals. 10 goals, Brian, and you've been defending the guy. I've been telling you for years, the guy's a fraud. He's a fraud. You know what they're chanting tonight at the Garden? What? We want Swinton. Oh really? Yeah, I heard you. Were, I heard you were leading. I heard you were leading the cheers, Spencer. Tuka is the man. I heard you were leading the cheers. For that type of money, going in there to watch that paper mache show. Every time they flip a puck on them, it's in the net. Every yeah. time, it's like shot the score. Yeah, it it looks man. rusty. Yeah, it looks rusty, Spencer. Uh, the one thing. The one question, Brian. Yeah. Can I ask you one question? I want to know your opinion. Uh, why the Bruins signed him, brought him in here for this this bow-out year. He's not coming back next year. It's obvious. What is this really all about? The guy left them and abandoned them in the bubble. The next day he's at a swim meet. He's playing golf and tennis at the club the day after that. Never rejoined the team. When we had COVID, oh, you know what? My exercise routine, I walked the kids once in a while. He's always put it in the fan base's face. It's not right. You don't speak to people like that. It's inappropriate. We are, we are fans through and through. We love our hockey and Tuka if you don't it's time to get out of town that's yeah. what I say well Spencer I appreciate I appreciate the call man I wonder if part of it was the leaders on the team the Bergerons of the world the Marchands in the world actually wanted to see him back I didn't mind them bringing him back to see what he has but I mean the past couple of games it's been atrocious and it's not as if Swayman was having a pretty good year but it's not as if Swayman was playing at an incredible level this year. So I do understand giving Tuka an opportunity, giving him a chance, but man, you get more games like this. I don't know how much longer this can go on. And look, we should mention that. Remember he couldn't go down and get those. I don't want to say rehab starts because it's not like he was started the season. Then he went back down and he missed a bunch of time. He was starting the season midway through, so to speak. So you were going to get him those opportunities at the AHL level, but then the COVID situation happened. So you couldn't get those. So he comes right back up to, the NHL level, and clearly he's not ready right now. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So do you believe that, based on what Tom Brady is saying, that this is going to be his last season, that we've seen Tom Brady play his last game? I don't buy it for a second. We'll get into that in greater detail. Plus, I do want to get into Josh McDaniels could be on the move. Is that a good or a bad thing for the Patriots? And also, one thing that the Patriots need to do this offseason based on what I saw on Saturday. Not yesterday, on Saturday. I'll get to it next here on EI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 